Hey, Crypto Pals, this is your Silo Sensei, Gen Con, and welcome to the whirlwind of whimsy that is BPX Breakroom, brought to you by the cool cats at Radish Digital. We're here to make you laugh, learn, and maybe snort your coffee. Our mission is to help peel back the layers of BPX from the inner workings to the downright delightful. We're cracking open the vaults of Barefoot Republic, Home Team Heroes, Miners, Wonders, and the oh-so-mischievous Raz. Each month, we dive deep into one silo, and every week, we're stirring up the pot with interviews, jokes, and the occasional conspiracy theory. X-Spaces is our turf, and you're all on the guest list. BPX Breakroom isn't just for the crypto connoisseurs, it's where the curious minds mingle. Whether you're a seasoned BPX guru or just testing the crypto waters, this silo soiree is for you. Bring your questions, bring your pals, and let's turn this BPX Breakroom into a block party. Curious what everybody's doing for their sweetheart. As we all know, Frenchie married his childhood sweetheart. I'm hoping Jen is going to work that into her icebreaker question. Want to hear what Frenchie's doing for his childhood sweetheart on this day. In a moment, BPX Breakroom will be coming to you live in X Spaces with your guest, uh, with your host, Jen Khan, with Jeff as her guest. But to give mo- uh, folks a moment to file into the spaces, let me just share a few radish announcements. Um, what's more exciting than Wonders of the First? What's more exciting than Auctions 2.0? Auctions 2.0 featuring Wonders. Like you couldn't get any more exciting about Wonders. Man, it, it, I don't know if you feel it in the community. It's just getting so great lately with Wonders. Just getting more and more amped about that. And then as a special coverage, BPX After Dark Tomorrow is going to have a special auction edition with Tex Hooper and GT starting at 8.30, a half an hour before extended bidding to kind of cover how the bidding's going. And that's going to go through till extended bidding. So 9.30 to 10. And then BPX After Dark is going to follow immediately afterwards. And you're going to have your usual block pack stash, which everybody's talking about how they love the GT does that. And then in honor of Valentine's Day is that he is going to have his wife on and they're going to play the newlywed game. I'll be honest, GT asked if I would have my wife on. And I think we were all excited for the show in a voyeuristic way because, yeah, when he asked me that, I can't fathom. (laughs) I think we all can't fathom having our spouses knowing the full extent of our addictions. And I cannot wait to see how it plays out in public for everyone else with GT and his wife. So I hope you can tune in for that. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to Jen. Jen, happy Valentine's Day. Have a great show. Thank you so much, Slappy. Appreciate it. Greetings, wanderers of the digital Oz. I am Jen Khan, your silo sensei, your ticket to the whimsical world of wonders. Today, let us embark on a journey echoing the magic of the Emerald City. Behind the curtain, orchestrating this wondrous spectacle is none other than our wizard and the big dog of BPX, Frenchie. Now, Wonders of the First isn't your grandma's crypto project. It's about joining the physical and crypto world where every pixel and every physical thread contribute to a larger-than-life canvas where the only limit is your imagination. And Frenchie just isn't the big dog. He's the orchestrator of dreams, the navigator of uncharted territories, and the larger-than-life force guiding us through a wonderland of possibilities. So fasten your seatbelts and get ready for your entry into Wonders of the First, where the magic of crypto meets the tangible wonders of our world. Frenchie, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Jen. That, uh, 
outside of the puffery to me, which is both humbling and uh, and <laughs> crazy. But the rest of that that you wrote about the actual franchise and what we're doing was was awesome. Really, really cool how you uh, wove all that together. Very good. I love it. Oh, cool. Thank you. Uh, so I know you have a hard stop at 1230. Um, I so I'm going to cut out my icebreaker for the day so that we can pack in as much uh, good stuff as possible here. So we're going to jump right into it. Okay. Um, so for to make sure that we all start off with the same kind of base level knowledge here, can you give us your kind of high level overview of Wonders of the First? Uh, so Wonders of the First is a uh, far reaching IP franchise that has a lot of really interesting nuances to it, not the least of which is the fact that the entire thing was born out of a really amazing technological innovation where the Ethereum blockchain that had previously used uh, mining uh, to determine how all the protocol, how the transactions were settled through a mining uh, settlement layer, uh, which I think most people that have even just a, a tangential knowledge of crypto know what mining is at a large level. Bitcoin is mined. It's a lot of computers working to solve complex problems. It's very uh, environmentally unfriendly is the narrative. Um, there's some counter narratives to that with renewable energy and stuff, but that's the narrative. And uh, Ethereum set out to change to a different model that basically made it uh, where Ethereum transactions could now be settled to the blockchain for less energy use than even making a Google search, I believe. It reduced the chain's energy consumption like 99.9%. So hugely positive in that framework. And it's also, there's a lot of other positives to it that I won't go into. But when that happened, it required taking that blockchain that was operating at full speed and completely switching it out without having any hiccups. Nothing could change. Uh, it's, you know, this is the decentralized ledger. If it breaks, it just screws everything up. And so that was a huge event. And we were able to create the first collection when that changed to this new, brighter future for Ethereum. Uh, it's indisputable. We created the first collection. And then we knew that it, there had to be something big and bold and ambitious that we were going to do with it. And after months of planning, we settled on building the world of Wonders of the First. So what Wonders of the First is is it is a vast world of IP. It revolves around a power force known as the first from which all uh, of the, the world was basically spawned. Almost think of it as our big bang. Uh, where What we kind of know of that known universe today is basically six planets. Uh, we refer to them as orbitals. And we're beginning to see how life on those six planets has shaped up. Uh, with the collection that we created, that digital collection on Ethereum, we uh, we 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 create we we released the first five thousand characters in that world. And a character doesn't necessarily mean character as in Mickey Mouse. We have a lot of that, you know, animated. We call them forms, forms and creatures um, that may fit the trope of a normal what you would think of as a character. But in our world, everything is a character. Lands are characters. They have their own story to tell. Weapons are characters. Artifacts are characters. The same way the Marauders map in, uh, in, in Harry Potter was an example Kisher, our creative director, likes to use. Uh, the, the ring, the one ring, certainly was a, a central character in uh, that world, you know, through all those adventures through Middle Earth. And so that's how we view the, the, the essentially what are the art proofs for this collection. We actually thought about naming art proof, character proof, and we, and we settled on character because we wanted to be, it just fit a bigger and more bold ambition. So that world was not established. So there's 5,000 of those that have been put into existence. They're now owned by our community. Our community has uh, IP rights to utilize those characters 
to build their own things. And people are building. And this is different than, say, the Board Ape Yacht Club, where who were kind of the pioneers of, of IP rights. In that, you own your individual ape, and yes, you're part of the larger franchise, but the company is not really doing anything with any of the specific apes to advance individual IP forward. In our world, we're... We, we look at the IP as a total catalog. We as a company have access to that entire catalog the same way the Pokemon company has access to their entire catalog. But imagine within Pokemon, if in addition to the company owning that catalog, one of their community members, if they, what if they also owned the rights to commercialize Pikachu in ways that aren't the same way the company is doing? So in other words, if you have those character proofs, you can do things with your IP. You can't make a CCG and you can't mint NFTs. Those are the only two guide rails we put on it. If you want to make a movie with your character, you can. If you want to make a, a, a comic book, you can. And you don't need our, you don't need our permission. Um, but if you also then want to participate in the broader lore of the official franchise, you can build within frameworks that we'll be providing that will allow you to have your works canonized into the larger franchise. And I think that's going to be an amazingly beautiful thing. It's different than what other... NFT collections PFPs have done because we truly do build together. There are there are characters that we are putting marketing emphasis on right now that are owned by community members and they're being done because they they fit into that grander plan. And I think that's really special. And then from there, we are of course building the wonders of the first CCG. And that is our main product that we as a company are going to build around the Wonders franchise, at least for now. There may be others that will come down the road, but this is the one that we're, we're focused on really entirely as it relates to Wonders right now. The entire Wonders team is focused on this. And our goal is to compete with the, the biggest in the, in the business. Um, we believe we have some really innovative approaches to bring to that process. Our CCG, uh, our goal is to create the most coveted CCG cards of the 21st century. An incredibly bold and ambitious plan but that's what we want to do. The most coveted CCG cards of the 21st century, that is our goal. And, uh, and, and everyone here has an opportunity to not just come along for the ride the way they would in buying a box in another CCG franchise, but to extend that ownership and that pride and that depth even more uh, into those IP rights. And one last point, I know I tend to ramble and talk a lot, but one last point, because this popped up in Discord recent, like last yesterday, there were some people saying, "What? I don't care about IP rights. I'm not going to build anything. Okay, fine. Don't. I mean, if you don't want to build anything, that's, that's completely fine. Most people that own Wonders won't. But what you have is you have that deeper sense of pride in that you can, and in the future, someone else can. And I think that's the value proposition for IP rights for those that aren't building today. Um, you know, again, it is different, but I own IP rights to my main CryptoPunk, which I'm very, I have a strong affinity for that thing. And um, I've never built anything, have no plans to build anything because I'm too busy with what we're building. But I like knowing that they're there. They increase my affinity for that asset. And I, and I know that in the future, someone else may value those rights. And that could be a part of the value proposition of that collectible. And if that collectible didn't have those IP rights, I personally think it would be less valuable. And that's what I think uh, people need to kind of wire themselves for. And if, if that narrative is one that you're just like, I, I don't buy into that, well, then sell it and buy the cards. I mean, collect the cards, do whatever, do other things. Like you, but that's, that's kind of the, the overall take on those IP rights and what we're doing as a company and how the IP is established today and, uh, and where we're headed. So. No, that's great. Thank you so much. And um, um, I appreciate the, the explanation with the IP. I know that was going around a lot yesterday. Um, and 
also a good segue to next week. We're going to be talking about some of the IP rights and some more of the lore and that kind of stuff. So uh, that'll go on next week as well. Yep, and so you guys should you guys should have your lore. I, I'm I don't want to get too far, muskies, but I think you're going to have your lore full lore blueprint by that time you do your break room next week. Um, that's my understanding. I could be wrong. I'm, I'm I, I haven't been, but I, I'm pretty sure it's 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 almost it's it's almost ready for for distribution. So um, I'm hoping nice. you'll have it by, hoping you'll have it by next week. Oh, that would be awesome. Yep. Uh, so along the lines, there's a lot of focus and talk and a lot of new people coming into the wonders discord talking about the the actual game itself yep um and how they can get involved whether it's purchasing the the boxes or how the cards are going to get selected and put in the boxes what different types of boxes there will be when they'll be able to play whether it's for real and the betas and and how they go about all that so do you have like a kind of like a timeline or with some dates as far as what people can expect or how to get involved? Uh, sure. So we, we really, for this product, for this, for the, for the CCG franchise, we essentially will have three main uh, product types. We have, we will have starter decks. Those are going to be pre-constructed um, because collecting is woven into our DNA. They will have an exclusive card in the, in the, that's exclusive to that starter deck. So if you, are a collector and you want every card, you would need to buy a starter deck just to grab that card. Um, but those decks are really intended to get people truly just playing the game. The decks are pre-constructed, the combinations work well together, and uh, that's what they're intended for. Then the next line, the next kind of product would be the collect and play boosters. The collect and play boosters are the product that will be our, uh, that's our, that's our staple. That's our, it's our flagship product from a volume standpoint. It is the, it's the way we make, it's the way we're going to make this into a company, right? Um, that's the product that we will look to, to grow and, and scale and sell, uh, you know, at a, at a high level is the goal. However, um, there are, there's still going to be nice collectability in there. There will be long shot chases. There will be mythic arts. They won't be parallel, paralleled, but they'll be, uh, they'll, they'll be a, the equivalent of like your SSPs in sports cards. So for those, I know a lot of our community is coming over from sports cards. So if you think about, say, Tops Update 2018, you got the Acuna blue jersey rookie card. Tons of those are out there. Then you kind of move down. You got the red and blue jersey where he's just kind of standing there. That, that one's kind of the, the black sheep of the family because it sits in this little weird spot rarity-wise. And then you have like the white jersey um, or you got the bat down. Let's get the bat down. So you got the bat down. That's a That's a – a, a, a nice SP that that is really popular for him and his rookie cards, and then you have the SSP, which is that white jersey. There's only 300 of those, I believe, that were even made. We'll have that type of stuff in our collecting place, so you'll be able to get SSPs. Um, might have one that would even qualify as a triple SP. And then you'll have SPs. So there's definitely collectible cards in there and things that you know warrant grading and and that sort of thing. And but it's also loaded with playability. Um, that product, when you have those booster packs, those booster packs are going to be nine cards. Uh, you'll have one foil per pack. Um, you'll have the, it'll, the way it'll be slotted is you'll get, uh, I think it's five, four commons, three uncommons, and then uh, two rares or better, and your foil. And your foil could be any type. It could be a common all the way to a mythic. Um, so that's how that product will be built out. Um, I may have just bumped, fumbled those numbers, but it's, it's nine per pack and the, that's the generally how the rarity works. And then our elite product, the one that is positioned as our, for those of you in the sports card world, think of this as our NT. Think of this as our flawless. 
That's what the serialized boosters are. And the serialized boosters are a product that um, I don't plan to ever put a price tag on uh, the serialized boosters after this initial release for Wonders of the First. Meaning uh, this one, we kind of pegged it to a price because we felt that the market, it, 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 we needed to kind of at least, I didn't want to risk the market not understanding what they were. And thinking, okay, this is a this is a hundred and twenty dollar booster, so let's just do it. So we we priced them at the equivalent of two twenty five, and we let the market have those. Um, and it was done in our BPX currency. And you could also at the time have used ETH uh, going forward. Those serialized boosters will only be acquired. You can only get them with BPX, and they will um, they will be done with Dutch auction mechanics going forward. One BPX equals one PPX, and the market will determine where that price falls. It is my goal. To make those seri- those cards coming out of those serialized boosters, absolutely, that's where when we talk about the most coveted, those are going to be the most coveted of the most coveted. And things that we're doing differently in that product, that product is going to have five packs to a box. Uh, it was originally going to be four, but there were some collation things we had to, had to work with uh, since we originally were playing. I, I had said it would be 60 cards was the main thing I promised. And so it's still 60 cards, but it's going to be five packs of 12. And you'll have a rarity breakdown in that. It's going to be all foil cards so that's a a huge the cards are just more premium in that product and then every pack will finish with a serialized card so in a serialized booster box you are going to get five serialized cards those are the only serialized cards that will be produced they will not go in the collect and plays it's just what's in those serialized boosters and it doesn't take a lot of mental gymnastics to understand then in a broader franchise when your serialized cards are coming out of that product, where that product's potential could be from an EV perspective uh, if we establish those uh, those parallels as being something that collectors want. Um, it's going to be a great rip for uh, CCG folks. It's going to be a great rip for sports folks. Like those of you who maybe say, well, I'm never going to rip a magic box because hell, I don't even know what those cards are. I don't know what's rare and what's not. You're not going to have to worry about that in our product. You're going to know. It's going to have a number stamped on it. And you're going to know also kind of where does that character slot into the, the framework of the game because you're going to know that is it, a, is it a mythic rarity? Is it a common rarity? It'll be really easy for sports card collectors, breakers, anyone. If you just have a basic understanding of cards, you're going to be able to understand that serialized booster product. And uh, it's one that I'm incredibly, incredibly excited about. And, I mean, it's something that I want to position – we know what NTs and flawless sell for boxes, right? That that's my goal. That's that's the state. That's the flag in the ground that I'm shooting for with the serialized boosters. Okay, perfect. And we know the serialized booster boxes. They were already, at least from a, a selling point of view, already released. They're already owned by the, hey, by the come community. Here. Come here. Sorry, my landscaper left my do- my gate open. Hey, come here. Don't you go out there. That's my uh, my spaniel was trying to get out of the yard, not Billy the pug. Uh, Billy oh. the pug, Billy the pug likes to kind of chill in the yard, but the spaniel likes to go chase anything he can. So let me, all I let me... know, all I know is I jumped five feet back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I didn't have time to mute it. He he was he was headed out the gate. If I hadn't yelled at him, he would have been on a rabbit or something in the next two minutes. Billy, stop. Uh, sorry about that, but yeah. So that's okay. Go, so go ahead. I, I interrupted just, you there. No, that's guys. Just going to add. So the um, the serialized boosters are already out and owned by the community um, for the most part, and then you the two other boxes. Do we have dates or timelines? As far as I know, you're still in the selection criteria for exactly which 
uh, proofs are going to be in the boxes and included. And then I guess a lot of people have been asking about, you know, dates, which I know are very difficult to give. But is there anything? You know, it's, can- well, it's a little it's a little easier on on the CCG world because we're not dealing with the blockchain and all the, the things that come there. We're we're targeting uh, late March to launch the the pre-sale for those boxes. And, and I'll just tell you, I like to be transparent. Right now we're evaluating the fee structure of Kickstarter and the benefits of key Kickstarter versus that fee structure to determine if we want to use that platform for our pre-sale or do we want to just build it, put it on our own website and have offer similar packages. That, that format is the right format. That I'm fully convinced of. The, the thing I'm not convinced of is for, we're not a kick, we're not a company that's, like we have our own infrastructure, right? So the question becomes, do we believe that the fees that Kickstarter will charge are worth, when, when we know we're going to bring, we're going to run ads, we're going to do things to drive a lot of our own traffic. Um, will, they, it, will, will they then drive enough traffic to the campaign to justify the fee? So that's the decision we're trying to make right now. So it'll either be a Kickstarter or a similarly situated pre-sale that looks a lot like a Kickstarter on our own site um, and that'll happen in in the latter part of March. Um, right now, we're looking at it. Or I, I, I want to say, the, the, I just think the date was the 20th, but I could be wrong. But I think it was the 20th is what we're shooting for. Okay. And is that for both the Collect and Play Booster and the Starter Deck? Or just yep, one? Yep, yep. Both yep, of those. Be on okay. There. Yep, yep. And then, um, then what I'm planning to do is we're going to uh, run... We're going to coordinate and run the random um, on the uh, serialized boosters. We're going to everyone. I know that everyone that has those is, is anticipating that we're going to most likely go ahead and knock that out before that sale. We will definitely do it by March 31st. So it's either going to happen the first week of that sale or it's going to happen before that sale. Right now, I'm leaning towards before, and we'll message that. But what that's going to do is that's going to tell everybody the art that they get. You'll know if you want if you hit the first box. You'll know if you hit one of those first seven because they're one of ones. And you'll know if you got a orbital box or one of the um, ones out of 99. You'll you'll know if you then got the dragon box, right? The one that's the out of uh, 2,999. So the supply on the most coveted car rarity is a big piece of that. And so there's only going to be, I think, the number is 3,693 total of those that are going to exist. And we have a few left over, a couple hundred few that we're going to actually, they're not going to be in the random. They're going to be automatically dragon boxes. And we're actually going to bust those open and we're going to use those single packs uh, as incentives uh, in other areas. But um, because I, again, I think even those packs will be very highly sought after. So the supply on those is going to be, I mean, I don't know. I don't think people quite grasp it yet. They look at the size of our community that has them today, our earliest believers. And yes, some of you have a chunk of those and you might be thinking, I got more than I need, but let us build a, a player base and a, and a basic, uh, you know, bigger community. And you'll, you know, hopefully you're going to find out pretty daggum quick just how rare those boxes truly are. Jeff, one question I had while Jen's doing that. So for the serialized boxes, and, and, and I might have missed this and I'm confused, is I know when we stopped the original, uh, when we were minting our wonders, we could mint those boxes. Are they yep. available for sale anywhere right now other than secondary? Are they available? That's it. That's it. And they won't be available anywhere else. I'm done. We're done. There will be no more primary sale of the boxes. Okay. So we've locked in the supply where it's at. 
Um, like I said, we're going to take, we rounded the number of the dragon boxes to $29.99 and there will be a few of those left and we're going to break those open and use the individualized packs um, for some incentives. Okay. And, and you said it was thirty six ninety three. That's the final. I think, I think I posted okay. it in discord. I, I think that was the number. Okay. Um, okay. So that was my question. Slappy answered it. So thank you very much. Um, and then for the card list for the first set, I know we're inching our way along selecting things. I know we have the cover art on the boxes is one part. I know we did the land mm. random um, a day or two ago. So we have that locked yep. down. And yep. Now for the for the remainder of the set, do we have a timeline? I know the team's working on trying to select those. Uh, so information is going to be coming really soon to continue revealing it. Um, there are actually decks going to uh, there's a they're going to digital print. Literally, I think they went yesterday actually, so that they can be ready for a event we're hosting here. In our local, we have we have a pretty uh, a pretty big uh, local gaming community here, and we're going to host an event for kind of one of the late stage play testings. And for that, it's important that they work with you know what looks and feels like real cards. So those are going to actually come pre-constructed decks. Once those come to us, um, or once those there's there's really at that point the, the, the cat will be out of the bag on a lot of the set. It won't have everything in those pre-cons, but it'll have a lot of cards. So those we can reveal within the next, I would think, you know, week to 10 days type, type time frame. Um, some of those that have been the most active playtesting, um, we're going to try to send them a few of those decks. Now, be understand those decks are going to be, they're going to be stamped, do not grade. They're going to be stamped playtest. I don't ever want those to go on a slab. My understanding is grading card companies will not slab a card that is marked do not grade. Um, so it's going to be watermarked. Um, you know, it's not something that can, oh, this is the real first card. If you don't have that thing, you you missed. Like like that's so we're trying to be really diligent there, but we need to have more playtesting and we need people to feel like they're playing the the real game. So uh, so those are coming. Uh, those heavily watermarked playtest decks, and then those of you that have been the most active helping us to this point, um, we're going to work to kind of get a couple of those in your hands that you can actually start playing with the real visuals. And at that point too, the rest of the community can see, uh, you know, a lot more that's going into the set. I don't want to front run the guys. Frankly, that's a little bit um, above my pay grade on like when all that rollout happens, but I, I do know that it's close. Ramel is on the, I don't know if Ramel literally might know more about that than I do. Um, well, not might know. He, I'm sure he does know more about that than I do. I see he's in the audience. If he wants to hop up, he might be able to help understand kind of what they're thinking on when, when folks can actually see that, that list. Um, but I know it's really close. And that, okay. again, that may not be, that may not be the full, full set, but I mean, I, Ramel, you want to hop up here and tell us how many cards are in those pre-con decks total, how many unique cards it is. I, I, I don't, cause I don't really, I don't really know the answer. And to that uh, Jeff, because we're at 1227, Jen, if you want to, I, I invited Rommel up on stage, but Jeff, if you want to make use of your last three minutes and then we can bring Rommel up right after you hop off, if that's okay. Yeah. Totally putting him on the spot. I don't know if he's even available. He might just be, you know, listening and walking. I don't know, but like if he can get on, that'd be great. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, a lot of exciting stuff. Obviously this is about the wonder silo, but a lot of other things coming. Um, I hope everybody should realize the Super Bowl is over and I have promised that you will have your season two rewards before we try to get you to buy anything for season three. Season three needs to be sold in early March for HTH with some new exciting, uh, additions coming there. So 
you can begin to start putting that in a calendar and you'll realize there's not a whole lot of time for certain pieces of information that I think everybody's going to want to fit in there. So uh, exciting few weeks ahead in all all around our ecosystem, not just Wonders, but definitely a lot of energy around Wonders. I appreciate y'all hosting this for this particular uh, silo and uh, definitely a lot of excitement and, and that'll continue hopefully to, to build as we move closer to that pre-sale and, and start getting more people that are that want to come buy this product and build a real company, right? That's what we're looking to do here. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you. And I went, speaking of Rommel, I had one, uh, he put one question in the, in the Discord. He wanted to know if you think we'll see Wonders as uh, Funko Pops in the next two years. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I, I don't know if, I, you know, a lot of times you like, like, yeah, well, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I mean, literally the community could band together and do that. They, you know, and then we could talk about the, the you know, the logo going on the box. I know that for a Funko Pop mm-hmm. and collectability, it would need the logo on it. Like a lot of things, man, that could happen. I mean, again, we're, we want to give the community lanes to build in. We want to put wind in those sails as much as we can. And uh, so I, I'm open to things that the community want and, and we don't have to build it all. That's, that's, that's by design. That's how this is made. So, um, different people can take the reins on different things and uh, we will support those things. I mean, I, very clearly the, the CCG is very important to us. We can build a, we can build a multi-billion dollar company, multi-billion off of one successful CCG, just one. And we have an opportunity for multiple and I'm, we're not greedy. So w- w- this is designed for the community to be able to do things too, if they want. And, and, and we will support those things as long as they're for the good of the franchise. And so you, you, you won't have to worry, you know, if, if, if it's a good idea and it's, and it's, I don't know. I mean, you know something that's healthy for the ecosystem and something that's not. If it's healthy for the ecosystem, you can expect support from us. Um, and we encourage you to build. So that's what I would say about that. Perfect. That, that was a great right. sum up there. Thank you so much. It's 1230. We got you off right in time. All right. Thanks so much, Jen. Everybody uh, talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks, Jeff. Okay. Uh, so a couple of wrap-ups here next week. Um, as I stated earlier in the call, we're going to have Kisher on, and we're going to be talking all canon and lore, all that fun stuff. So please join us for that. Um, as a reminder, BPX Break Room is broadcast live every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern in X. But please head into iTunes and Spotify, search Radish Digital featuring BPX Break Room. Yes, Break Room now has its own podcast separate from the other Block Pack shows. Make sure you're subscribed to the Break Room show so you find all our nifty things in one place. Um, We want to thank you, the listeners, both live here in Spaces and those that listen to the recordings in iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Also want to thank Blockpacks for partnering with Radish Digital as their media partner. And as always, I end my shows with a corny joke. How does a penguin build his house? He igloos it together. And there you have it, dear Wonder Seekers. We've reached the end of our fantastical journey into Wonders of the First. I'm Jen Khan, your Silo Sensei, signing off. Keep the good vibes rolling. Until we meet again, stay awesome.